Welcome to the Homeschool with Ease podcast. I'm your host, Nancy McHale. If you're looking for practical ways to teach your children, plan your curriculum, and gain the mindset you need for homeschooling, then you've come to the right place. Let's get started. Hi, so today I interviewed a parent coach. Her name is Marcella Collier with HIC Parenting. She is such a great resource for all things parenting and we talk about different parenting techniques that have to do when homeschooling and it kind of turned into a mini coaching session for myself but it was really enlightening and i personally learned so much so i hope you enjoy it all right Hi, everyone, and thanks for tuning into today's episode. Today, we have a very special guest. Marcella Collier is a parenting coach and owner of HIC Parenting Education. She's passionate about helping parents go from overwhelmed to empowered by responding according to their children's needs. And let me just tell you, I've been following Marcella for a very long time, and I just soak in all of her content. She's amazing. Welcome, Marcella. Hi. Hi, Nancy. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, yes. I really appreciate you being here. And I just want to jump right in. So um, the main thing that I know that from what I see that you talk about is gentle parenting. So kind of just to lay out um, what gentle parenting is, do you mind kind of getting into that and uh, describing what that is? Okay, so gentle parenting. I actually call my parenting style and what I teach parenting with understanding. I call why I teach parenting with understanding because it is more than just being kind and gentle with the kids. It's understanding where they're coming from, understanding their physical, emotional needs, our physical and emotional needs, how that impacts behavior and the approach that they need in order for them to feel that they can thrive in in the world, communicate their needs successfully. So gentle parenting is, um, is, being kind with our kids, respectful, uh, parenting with understanding is all that plus the understanding of our children's uh, needs. So we know how to help them <laughs> when when we see the tantrum, when we see the defiance, when we see the behaviors. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing that I've learned from your content is that every need or every behavior is telling us as parents that the child has some kind of need, right? Yes, yeah. Every time that you see, now we're here talking about homeschooling. When you see this engagement, believe it or not, that communicates a need. Mm -hmm. There are three types of engagement. There is cognitive engagement, emotional engagement, behavioral engagement. And you may say like, oh, but they know the topic or they they used to like the topic last week. What happened? Now they seem uninterested. So they might be disengaged emotionally. emotionally. They might be disengaged behaviorally. So every, yes, every behavior communicates a need. And when we go beyond what the behavior tells us, ah, he just doesn't want to do his homework. How do I get him to do his homework? How do I get him to sit down and actually homes- uh, do the homeschool session? When we go beyond that and focus our attention on, okay, why is he disengaging? Why is she disengaging? Why, 
what is happening underneath. That's parenting with understanding and that's uh, the path that we need to take in order to, to help them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And do you have anything for parents to start with to on how to um, address those needs and really understand their children and help them through that process? Okay, so I, you have a homeschool community, right? You know your community better than me. <laughs> what is the most common concerns or, or things that that your audience tells you? Um, yeah. yeah, so one thing is that their kids just don't want to focus. Like you said, like they're not interested sometimes in having to practice writing or they're just not into reading. That's really a main concern is that their kids are just not engaged in what they're trying to do with them. Okay, so let's think about somebody, a, 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 a six-year-old who's not interested in writing or in reading. Mm -hmm. Let's look a little beyond that. According to science, there are five basic needs that I teach in, in my Parenting with Understanding program. One of those needs is the need for fun. And research has shown that the need for fun is directly correlated to learning. Mm -hmm. So if children don't find it interesting, they won't wanna do it. Now you may say like, but they need to learn how to write. <laughs> so how can you make it, make it interesting for them, right? Maybe writing their name a million times on a notebook might not be what engages them. If this child has, uh, let's just say that he, this child has a big energy and, and then he needs to have movement and he needs to have other sensory um sensory stimulus in order to be interested in learning how can you understand what they need so you can incorporate that in the learning process that's how you engage them emotionally cognitively and behaviorally in the learning process right and they'll feel heard and they'll feel like it, what they're learning is really actually applying to them and what they're interested in so i love that Yes. Um, so I know that you homeschool your, you have twin boys and do you mind I talking a little bit? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> do you mind talking a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. I, how I said, I did it for a short time, just when they were in preschool, because when they started kindergarten, they started going to the, uh, to the local school. Right. And, um, I know you implemented the Montessori method, correct? Yes. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about that and how that helped with working with them at home? Okay, so that was a big change for me and my family because I was trying to homeschool and I was dealing with the same thing that you told me you, your audience is dealing with. I would try to engage them and, and then know that like they, their attention was not really there. One day scrolling through Instagram, I saw two little girls, one was two years old and the other one was a little bit older and they were so focused on their work and they were communicating peacefully and they were sharing and then there was no disruption in the lesson and I was like, wow, like, what is this mom doing that I'm not doing? <laughs> and then I went into her Instagram, this Instagram, 
And then I noticed that the mom was actually a certified Montessori coach. And I I was started talking, I started talking to the mom. And then she said, It's not that my girls are any like they're they're not they're ordinary girls. And you know, like that they're like any other girl. The only difference is that I apply Montessori at home and Montessori in my homeschool. And then I was like, okay, I need that. <laughs> and then she trained me in Montessori method, right? Uh, by the way, I created a, a short video lesson with the main differences between Montessori learning and traditional learning for your audience. If, if you want to offer it to them, it is a free resource from HIC, Parenting Education. Maybe you can have it in your description or I don't know, in your show notes. But I, when I started applying Montessori, that's when I started seeing the real engagement. Why? Because number one, Montessori follows the child. So I was following a curriculum, a traditional curriculum, and then I went from following a curriculum to following my child, my children. And both, both of them, even if even they're, they're twins, they, they have the same age, they have the same birthday, but they still have different skill levels and they have different interests. And it wasn't until I started following them, observing them and setting up my homeschool environment to meet those interests and specific skills, that's when I started seeing the change. And that's what Montessori is. Montessori is a child-led method and that's why it's so great at keeping kids engaged in learning. And so do you mind going into a little bit more about what following your child means? Like, what, what does that mean exactly? Like, where they're at developmentally? Okay, so you are, I mean, if, if you know, Mont I don't know if you, do you follow Montessori? I, I, I'm familiar with it. Oh, okay. Okay. So there are sensitive periods, um, according to research, sensitive periods in the child's development is that there are certain times during a child's development that they're more um, in tune with certain things in their environment. So for example, between the ages three and five, the main thing that the sensitive period is organization. So if the homeschool is somewhat messy, <laughs> disorganized, if things don't have a clear order and it's cluttered, this is a recipe for disaster for kids. So that's one thing that you can do to, to start following your child, to know where they are at developmentally, to know what their plane of development is. That's a Montessori thing too. There are different planes of development from zero to six to know what their, what their sensitive periods are and to start following their development, like their developmental needs and their interests and setting up the environment to meet those needs. Mm. So I went from having, it wasn't cluttered, but it didn't have a, a clear, my homeschool didn't have like a clear organization. Um, somewhat it was, yes, it was a little cluttered in the, in the sense that if, if we had the bucket with crayons, everything was just thrown in there, you know? So 
Yes, when I started organizing more according to that sensitive period that it was, you know, they were in a organization was very big for them at the time. I started seeing that they were engaging with the activities a little bit more. The same thing with their toys. When I went from a, a deep, a deep toy box to setting up play zones, that's very Montessori too, play zones around the house so they can clearly see where the messy zone is, where the craft zone is, where the building zone is. I started seeing less sibling conflict and more engagement in play and learning. Yeah. And that's Montessori. Yeah, that's really amazing. And so you mentioned the changes that you saw your, your boys were more engaged and seemed calmer overall and not really fighting as much. What other changes did you see with kind of teaching them and implying like what they're supposed to be learning when you focused on their developmental needs and following their pace? I didn't understand the question. <laughs> um, so just asking like, what were there other changes that you that you saw like teaching wise, like when you were actually teaching them the material or them taking it in, did you see any effects there where like they were more perceptive to it and like taking it in in a more efficient way? Okay. Yes, okay. So let's go back to Montessori, right? Montessori follows the child. So the child stays in an activity as long as they're engaged. With traditional learning, okay, we're gonna, from, from 11 to 11.30, we're gonna do the ABCs. From 11.30 to 12, we're gonna review these. We're gonna move on to science. And then parents struggle so much with those transitions because their children are not necessarily ready to transition. <laughs> the beautiful thing with homeschooling is that you can personalize your child's learning experience. A Montessori, in, in a, even in a Montessori school, when you go to a Montessori school, children stay in an activity as long as they're engaged. Mm -hmm. mm. So when you say like, ah, uh, my parents, my, my aliens struggle so much for my kid to, to learn reading, but let's just say your child right now is not, he's not engaged in reading, but he wants to go and see what the bugs are doing outside. And maybe you can turn today's lesson into a science lesson, right? Mm -hmm. Or maybe in the science lesson, they want to see the little bugs are outside. You can incorporate a little writing too. Maybe writing the insects names on, on a chalkboard while you, you explore the, the, the bugs are outside. So that's pretty, pretty much it. So it's not just uh, following their interests, but following their timeline as well. Yeah. If they're not ready to transition to math from reading to math, why are you transitioning them? Mm -hmm. Why are you transitioning them? Because you want to follow this specific curriculum that doesn't understand your child's needs. Right. It's because the curriculum said. Yeah. I mean, if it's... If it's important to your audience, it is important to your audience. But for me, it is more important to, to understand my children and what they need at the moment. And surely, by, and surely, surely when they got to uh, traditional school, because people ask me a lot this question. So if you were doing Montessori, how did, how, how was their transition to traditional school? 
when they started kindergarten, they were already reading, mm. they were already writing. They 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 were advanced mm -hmm. in many of their skills. So it did not, if anything, it helped them. Yeah, and I think that's so powerful. Is you know, a lot of times as parents, we have a list of things to do, uh, homeschooling wise slash parenting wise, and. Um, it's just really important to take a step back and follow like what your child is interested and ready for in the moment and just go with that because it could be way more effective than trying to just complete a curriculum or finish the list. Or if you have a lesson plan, many times I, I remember sitting down the, the day before and thinking about what I was going to do the next day uh, or sometimes the, the next few days. And many times at the end of the week, I remember checking my, my material. I'm like, oh, I didn't get to do this. I didn't get to do that. I didn't get to do many things that I had planned because things kind of took another route mm -hmm. because I was following my children, you know? Yeah. So do you have any um, tips like parenting wise for homeschool parents to follow when they are homeschooling their children like if you know there is sibling rivalry or things that where their kids are maybe not behaving or whatever it may be like do you have any tips to help parents kind of get through those times what is the most common challenge that you have right now what is the the number one challenge that you have with your kids right now I would say them fighting. That would be my number one. How old are they? Four, six, and eight. Four, six, and eight. And I'm, I imagine you homeschool. <laughs> I actually okay. don't homeschool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have homeschool parents, but that's just, it doesn't work for our family, so I don't homeschool. Okay. So them fighting. Um, could you please walk me through a simple scenario, like a common scenario of when they start fighting? Yeah, so one thing, um, so it's boy, girl, boy, and my daughter is six, and she, oh, um, boy, girl, boy, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my daughter is six, and she tends to get in these moments where she just annoys her brothers, like he'll, she'll, I don't know if she's bored or wants attention, but she'll just start kind of going to them and messing up what they're doing or like tackling them, but they're not in that mindset. So they don't really want to, and they just start arguing and fighting and she's giggling the whole time and they're annoyed. So <laughs> and how old are your boys? A four and eight. Four and eight. And she, does she do that when? Um, she'll do it. Uh, like mo mostly I would say in the evenings um, when everyone's kind of to themselves or playing quietly and then she'll just kind of get in there and start bothering them okay and when that happens what what like when she starts bothering them and then she they start getting annoyed mm -hmm. what what happens right after that what do you do or how do you handle that well I try to get her attention and redirect her to maybe help me with something or give her kind of like the next next task like if she needs to take a bath or change or whatever it might be um just lead her in a different direction 
And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't because I feel like she's been so deep in focusing on her brothers and then she doesn't really want to listen to me. Okay, and how do you feel when that happens? I feel like uh, like confused because I don't really know what direction to take because I really, you know, I my my trigger would be or like my reaction naturally used to be I'll take something away or time out or whatever. But, you know, after learning more about your style and so forth, like I know that's not going to be effective. And so I just really don't know what direction to take. I feel mostly confused. Okay. So I hear you say that your daughter, mostly at night, she, when people, when your sons are doing independent play or independent reading or, you know, their own thing, she goes and then she messes up their work or tackles them to, you said, to annoying them. Mm -hmm. And then they get bothered by that and then they start fighting and then you go and try to redirect her, but then, then you feel confused. Um, when, when I, when, when I repeat this back to you that she goes there to annoy them, <laughs> hearing that back, how does it feel true to you that she goes there to annoy them? You know, uh, it may be that she wants attention or she's bored um, or one of those things. So it, it might, I know it might be some, it's probably something else. I don't think she really just wants to annoy to annoy, but, um, or she gets a kick out of it. I don't know. But, um, uh, you know, I, I, I do, I, I feel like there is a need, but kind of reeling her back in and getting her attention is pro is the hard part, you know. How do you, what do you think the need is? She's probably tired. So there are five basic needs according to research. Uh, number one is the need for survival, which is safety, right? And safety could be three types of safety: physical safety that I feel safe in my body, emotional safety, and psychological safety. So psychological psychological safety is that I. I feel I can express myself and I'm, I'm safe doing it, mm -hmm. right? And emotional safety is that I can relate to others and it's safe to relate to others, mm -hmm. okay? All right. Belonging, that's the other need, the need for belonging. The need for belonging is to feel included, to feel that you belong, that you're connected, that, you, that you're part of something, mm -hmm. okay? So when you say that she's looking for attention, attention is not a need. Attention is a mechanism that children use to meet their needs, but it's not a need, okay? okay. And by the way, all behavior is communication of a need and all needs are attention seeking. If I have a physical need and I don't know how to meet this physical need, I will seek I will look for the attention of the one who want, who can meet that my need. Now, the question is, okay, let's dive a little bit deeper. When she goes to her brothers, she's seeking attention because she's looking to meet a need. Mm -hmm. What do you think the need is there? So is the need for survival? We already talked about it. The need for belonging, the need for fun. 
the need for freedom. Freedom is having control, having a say. Mm -hmm. And the need for power is feeling that you're able to do something, that you have a skill. Mm. Yeah, I would say maybe um, the need for belonging. Okay. Um, and it could be, um, uh, well, would physical go under like her being tired? Yes. Okay. But I think if she's um, going to her brothers, it might be the need for belonging. Okay. Now let's go to your response. You say that you feel confused. If that confusion had a voice, what would be saying right now? Uh, try to meet the need. Okay, so what if that confusion had if had a voice? What would be telling you about yourself? Mm. That I probably need to like pay attention to her, maybe in that moment, or or. Uh... No, why would it tell you about yourself, about who you are? Mm. Can you give me an example? <laughs> okay, so hmm. example. Let's just say that um, that confusion may be telling me, Marcela, you need uh, this behavior is reflecting reflecting something on you. And for some parents, it could be reflecting a narrative of, I need to fix this behavior because misbehavior means mm -hmm. I am failing. Or misbehavior means that, I, that, that I'm responsible for my child's feelings or, or, or misbehavior. So if, if that had a voice, mm -hmm. I frame that. I hopefully you're gonna edit this out <laughs> into a coaching session. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I I can definitely edit it out. Um, I would say that this um would say about myself that um I don't have everything under control. Mm, okay, I don't. So that makes sense to me. It makes sense that. When your daughter goes to your sons, um, longing for that connection, and then they respond back to her in a in an undesirable way, and you see conflict, then that conflict, I can tell, like from what you say, feels confusing confusing to you because your narrative is I have to fix things, right? Mm -hmm. I have to have things under my control. And how does it feel to you when you feel like don't, you don't have things under control? Frustrating. Frustrating. And what else? And um, I guess like when I hear the whining and the fighting and all of that, it is triggering. Like it doesn't, um, like I don't want to hear that. I get annoyed. <laughs> so, uh -huh. you know, I just... To, you want to fix it right away you're in your fight or like you're you're in your survival response so when we feel triggered our brain prepares for survival and our survival responses are fight flight or freeze mm -hmm. and flight 
flight, it, it could be physical fleeing, like you're like, ah, I'm done with this, like you guys, uh, you guys fix it. Or it could be emotional fleeing. An emotional fleeing usually comes in the form of trying to fix things. Mm -hmm. So you get out of the feeling. So mm -hmm. you so you get out of the uncomfortable feeling. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you. <laughs> so it makes sense to me that yeah. your daughter goes asking for connection and then your your sons respond back with like, no, not right now. And they start fighting and you think about, okay, I feel confused. I feel out of control and I feel I, I need, my narrative is, is that I need to be in control. So because I feel out of control, I feel confused. I feel frustrated and I, I want to get out of this. And then the response is that you try to redirect your son, your daughter to another thing, to distract her for, from the conflict or different direction or to a different task. That makes sense. Right, right. I wonder what your daughter experiences when she wants connection with her brothers. They reject her. <laughs> and then she sees you coming in to redirect her to a different thing. Mm. What do you think she's feeling and needing at the moment? She's probably thinking that she isn't being heard and meeting that need. Wow. <laughs> How does it feel to, to hear that from yourself? Yeah, no, that it's funny because I feel like I'm trying to meet her needs in the moment when I'm giving her my attention or redirecting her and she, uh, and it's, that's just not what's happening. So it's, it's enlightening for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, thank you for that. <laughs> um, so do you want me to edit that part out? You don't have to. Okay. If you want to. Okay. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I do with parents every week. Coaching. Really incredible. Like, I did not expect that, but thank you so much. It was just a little, a little nugget of coaching. It's... It was not a full session or anything. Yeah, no, I love it. Um, so thank you so much for that. And I really appreciate you being here with me today. Um, and can you mention the freebie again, where they can find the freebie oh, okay. to connect with you? So if you are in, if you are curious about, okay, so I'm trying to do homeschooling and I'm struggling a little bit. I wonder what the difference is between Montessori learning and traditional, traditional learning I already talked about a few differences, but there are many more. And I created a short video lesson free with all these differences. So you can make your informed decision and see what, what you can incorporate in your homeschool. By the way, you don't have to be all or nothing. You don't have to be all Montessori and not, nothing else. No, you could incorporate Montessori elements to your homeschool. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. And I will give the, the link to you if you want to place it in, in your show notes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that would be great. And how can people find you? So you can follow me on Instagram, on TikTok at Heimfoot Club. All right. Thank you so much again. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs>